Welcome to Baby Dubs. This is the first ever video episode. This is insane. My skin is super oily. So if you guys have recommendations for the T-Zone, let me know. But um, a few things. Like this week's guest was Victor Mariachi. He is amazing. Um, he is a, he's a rapper. He's, he's just, he's amazing. Like I really enjoyed talking to him. Um, but there's two things I want to talk about in this intro. One is, um, I want to address something that I said in last week's episode, um, which is that I would rather hang myself than check myself into, um, psychological or behavioral health treatment at, um, DeKalb Medical Center. And I want to say one, I stand by that. I was talking about my own experience with mental illness. I was talking about my own preferences. I didn't mean to offend or trigger anybody. Um, but I've just heard horror stories about that particular place. If you're in a dark place and you need treatment, seek whatever treatment you feel that you need. But when I said I would rather hang myself... I was saying I'd rather hang myself than go to that particular place. Not I'd rather hang myself than get help. Um, so there's that. The other thing is, is um, I got very attached to a turtle that I found in my backyard. And I, I was keeping it in a pan, in an aluminum pan with leaves and water um, with the intentions of keeping it. But my husband and I made the decision to set it free. And since then, I've been dealing with some separation anxiety. I feel that he has too because I look out the window and or I'll look out, I'll go outside and he's searching in the backyard for the turtle. And it's giving very much Tony Soprano in the first episode where the ducks are in his pool. And he gets really emotionally attached to the ducks and the ducks fly away. And he has, he starts having panic attacks and that's what lands him in therapy. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the show, you have no idea. But I missed that turtle. I had named it Shell. Um, it has like a, like a quadruple meaning. One is Shell. Before I could like fully talk, I called myself Shell. My dear friend Paul, who passed away, called me Shell. Um, Shell Silverstein is one of my favorite writers and then turtles have shells. So wherever that turtle is, I miss him. But this is the episode, first video episode ever. Um, the set won't, the, I wish I could like give you guys a full like panoramic view of the set. It's coming together, but I just, I wanted to be like, fuck it. And just like give y'all like a, I need to stop cursing on here. Cause y'all be mad about that too. But um, just give y'all a, a quick glimpse into what's to come because it's going to be video and audio. I also want to shout out my videographer, my engineer, my husband, myself, all my guests and all of you and encourage you. You know, I say it at the beginning and, and at the end, but stay on top of your mental health. Don't take any wooden nickels. Here's the show.
Victor Mariachi. Uh-oh, yeah, supposed to be in a conversation. Uh, so you got the Raekwon book, so that... <laughs> I'm assuming you like Wu-Tang. That's my... Uh, oh, yeah, that's my favorite um, rap group. Like, I grew up listening to them a lot, so... Uh, but Raekwon specifically, because he's... I don't know, I just like his style, like the way he rap. My favorite is Ghostface. Pretty Ghostface? tiny. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, him... him both of them together are amazing. Yeah. Do you um do you watch the show? Which one? There's like a show on Hulu. I I don't think I've seen it. It's like um it's like a their origin story, like Davies. Oh, oh. No, I, can, I didn't want to. No, I, I can't yeah, watch it. Yeah, I tried to watch one episode like during like lockdown, and I was like. Mm. I don't know. It bothers me when, like, you could have had actors that looked more like them, but you, I don't know if they chose not to, or it was just like, you know, there's always intricacies with like, like, oh, this person can't because of this and that. But like, I don't know. Like, you, yeah, they could have chose better actors. For it just seems like I, I feel like better actors, actors that look more like them. And then were they just like picking? Is Joey badass from New York? Before I yeah. say what I'm about to say, yes. He, so they were he, just picking people from New York, basically. Because they had Davies, they had um. I which I don't. I'll never understand that. I'll never forgive the casting director for that. Davies has messed them. I don't like that. I kind of see it, but I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't see it at all. Yeah. So, where like, uh, where are you from, and who else did you grow up on? Uh, I'm, my, my parents are Mexican, so they came, uh, they immigrated, like, in the 80s, and, um, my parents, they met in, uh, well, they met in Phoenix, where I, where I was born, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Georgia, like, in the early 2000s, but, um, yeah, m- all of my family's Mexican, that's our background, our heritage. Right. So, were you influenced, like, equally by, like, that culture and hip-hop or what because i remember when uh, i first saw you perform i was like i told you you're like raised against the machine and kendrick lamar <laughs> you said no you said raised against the machine currency and currency yes yeah. yes i knew it was something because that's what it was giving that's yeah. just what it was giving yeah that was a weird that was, i've never heard that before i've heard like other rappers i mean not to big myself up but like i've heard like oh you remind me of like a mexican Nas or like Something like, but I've never heard currency rage against the machine. That that was the first. I was like, wow, I've never. That's what it reminded me of. But I mean, are you influenced by either of them or? I like rage. Rage against the machine is like a major influence. Um, Currency. I like currency. I like how some of his stuff. I I I can't say I'm the biggest fan, but I do like his um his music a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, like as far as like my culture within hip hop, I feel like. There was a time period where when I was a kid, like, hip-hop just completely abducted me, and I did not relate to anything Mexican or my heritage. I was just, like, consumed by the art, by the genre. So when I was when this, when I was living in Phoenix, there's not a lot of, like, um, like, the black culture is not prominent there. Like, there's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's mostly white and Hispanic or Latino in, in Phoenix, but when you move here, there's a whole different spectrum of people. There's more variety. But I've always been into art, so when I when I got here and I saw that rap was like a big thing in hip hop, it just I don't know I just I, I fell in love with with the music, 
Um, and then I had an older friend who was in high school during the time I was in middle school. His name is Solomon. Shout out to my to my homies, my brother. But he's the one that kind of put me on. Like, you gotta listen to Big Pun, Lil Wayne, Outkast, and I was just like fascinated by the culture and just poetry and stuff. So it was that for a minute. And then as I got older, I started kind of to like break out of my show and try to find out about myself, my heritage, and where I come from, and I started incorporating that in the music. But it took me a while because I, I was, like, so much involved in, in, in hip-hop and just the art of it all. So. Yeah. And sometimes when you're a teenager, you kind of, like... I know for me, I don't want to, like... tell. I don't know if this is what it was for you, but for me, when I was a teenager, I was very much, like... I'm not fucking interested in my culture. Like, I don't care. Like, because my parents are um, from Louisiana. Or both my parents are from the deep south. My mom moved to Louisiana when she was, like, middle school age. But Louisiana has its own culture, like, its own thing. And I just kind of was like, no, like, I want to do my own thing. But late teens, like, early 20s, I got, like, more immersed in that. And saw, like, that is such a beautiful thing. And that's such a part of, like, who I am now. Like, when my videographer, like, walked in here, she was like, it looks like a voodoo shop in here. Like You have have some uh, Mexican elements in there. I was looking at the the cross. We have the candle, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the color palette, too. You have the the, the pink with the yellow. Yeah. So I'm... um, my dad is like uh, okay louisiana is a strange place so it's like when i say my dad is like afro-indigenous it's not like we like um i don't know a lot about that side you know because louisiana culture is kind of like a mixture right but um i do have that in me so it does come out in like my taste and like Decor, decor, or like mm-hmm. the way I dress. Like I always wear a cross. Yeah, it, my it, tattoos. Like it comes out. Right. And people, my Hispanic people I encounter, tend to point that out. So yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Though. It's funny. What part? Um, so you're? Are they? What what country are they from? Or your? Um, what country is my? Well, I'm black, like, so I don't know what country my family. So no, but the left. You say you are. You do have. Oh yeah. So my dad uh, is. My dad is part Mexican, and then he's like I guess what you would call Creole, mm. and then my mom. My mom is just like a black. Like, you don't know what part of Mexico. No, because the story, and I don't know if this is like family folklore, or this is true or not. Um, it has, but, you have to have it. <laughs> yeah, like the story is that he was like a desperado, like he was like a real like cowboy outlaw, and yeah. he was like run out of his town, and he like went first through Texas and came up um, through Texas into Louisiana, which is where he met my. Uh, that would be my great grandmother um and then he basically like lived his life like as a black man he like he was like on the run so he didn't really you know like my dad doesn't speak spanish or anything but it's like so um that bloodline intrinsic i guess because all of us are like like my brother has a tattoo that says desperado oh wow my other brother's really into latin music like 
like you said, like the way that this place, this space is decorated. And then too, like Louisiana used to be a Spanish colony. So it's like mm. we just naturally have those things, you know? Yeah. So. But um, who else? You said Rage. I love Eric James and Machine too. Yeah, I, love, I think the, all their three albums are perfect. Like if I think about like who had a perfect trajectory as far as like music, it would be Kendrick, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, who else had like really good albums? Uh, D'Angelo has good albums. Voodoo, oh my Black God. Messiah. Voodoo um, is so. Oh my God. That's my favorite album, probably. I can't stop listening. Uh, that's to one of my. You got it because that's one of my later questions. Oh, okay, like your okay. favorite. Well, I guess we can get into favorite albums now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but okay, so Voodoo by D'Angelo. Voodoo by D'Angelo is top. My top number one. I don't think. I don't think I've listened to an album besides Nirvana's Nevermind just because I was late into rock, so I know that's like a typical answer on Nirvana. But it's like I listened to so much rap that it took me a while to get mm-hmm. to other genres. So I was late. I was like in my mid twenties, like listening to White Stripes and like you know, Rage and, and Nirvana. So but I'll put that there and but Voodoo by D'Angelo is probably like I don't know, there's something about that's that a album. Perfect album. Send it on is that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I um, like. Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. I um, I don't think Nirvana is a generic answer because if you had asked me when I was like sixteen, I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so generic! You're such a poser." Yeah, and I don't think that's a generic answer now. Like my husband and I were talking about Kurt Cobain yesterday because he watched some documentary. And he's like, I don't know. I think he was murdered. And I was like, mm. No, I'm pretty sure he. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he he was. Um, that's always the troubled artist that creates some of the best art. But I think it's uh, yeah. He just had a lot of things probably bothering him. But yeah, Nirvana. The thing is, like, I I personally get upset when people like um, say stuff about art that happens back. Like they're like, Oh, that's that's so overplayed. It's overrated. But it's like mm-hmm. you're you're judging it in hindsight. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, yeah. you're judging it 20 years past. All these artists that were influenced by that piece of work. So you're comparing it to, oh, this person is better. Than this. But of course, but they came from. But they this. came from that. No, I say this yeah. all the time because I've had this conversation like online. <laughs> like I've got I've like gotten in Facebook jail because I get too passionate. But it, like <laughs> people are like, "Fuck the Beatles! The Beatles are overrated." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand." Yeah. In 1967, no one had heard anything like that before. Right. So like, it's easy for us now when there's been like 10 million bands exactly. that have like copied that, and that's just one example. But right, it's easy now for us, to, you know, to hear that now and be like, "Oh, whatever." But no one had heard anything like it, that. Exactly. Yeah, I get I, that bothers me sometimes because people are like, "Oh, there's so many good independent artists." Like, yeah, there are there are good independent artists, but you gotta give props to props to do. Like that, they were the first innovators when it came to that type of style. So yeah, and it smells like Teen Spirit is just a good song. It's a good song. I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good song. The whole I, album is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's something as an adult, I can only listen to that album when I'm depressed. But <laughs> when I went through my Kurt phase, which is when I was in like seventh grade, well, because I went to like a predominantly white school. So mm. I was on the Kurt shit early. Mm. I I got into rap. Like I'm the opposite of you. I got into oh, rap okay. 
like After. later. Oh, I got um, like moving here, I moved here when I was 14 and that's mm. when I got more into rap, but I was more of like a pop and rock and like oldies person. And I mm. found myself getting back into pop and rock and oldies. Mm. Um, but yeah, this episode's not about me. So, um, <laughs> you said you feel like artists make the best stuff when they're troubled. Is that when you make your best stuff? Uh, I think the most troubled artists make some of the best music. Um, yeah, because you, you kind of have a, your lifestyle is kind of all over the place when it comes, um, when, I feel like when artists or musicians are like obsessed with their, with their, with their, with their work, uh, everything else is in shambles because they can't figure out how to really balance everything out. But like, if you think about like some of the best artists, like Marvin Gaye, you know, uh, Kurt Cobain you know, uh, Michael Jackson, like, all these big artists, like, their personal life was, like, a wreck, almost. Yeah, because yeah. it just, I don't know, I, 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 they just feel, an artist feels too much, you know, they take mm-hmm. from everything, they, they feel everything, so when they create, they, they make some of the best, most beautiful music, but at the same time, it's just, like, it comes with the bad as well, because you feel everything at the same time. And yeah. So. Yeah, Marvin Gaye is a great example of that. Yeah, definitely. I think about that a lot because I'm like, so much of his music is like cookout music, like in black culture. But I'm like, that mm. man was so tormented. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, but his whole personal life. It, it was a shit show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rest in power, King. Um,. Yeah. But I want to talk about Estamosaki. Okay, <laughs> all right. Because when I saw you perform, I was blown away. Like I said, it made me think of Rage Against the Machine, which is um, a band that I hold in very high esteem. So, like, what's the story behind that song? Uh, well, that one was a project that I did with the Latino Community Fund, and um, the the person that they put in charge to find an artist or to reach out was Sam. And she was the one, um, she's the one that basically hit up, hit me up. She, she goes, she has a, uh, off the record is the name of her company and they do like projects and stuff. And she, she's the one reached out to me and was like, I would like for you to write a song for, to get like the Latino community more involved with, with not just like voting, but like, just everything, like in society just as a whole, be, a, be more active in their communities and, you know, it's just a song that empowers uh, the Latinos in Georgia. So um, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I was excited from the, like, I was like, hell, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Um, and so the, 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 so I started writing the song and it took about two to three days. Um, but it came, it was pretty easy, like, it was just one of those things where um, I already, I had already made music for my album that it was kind of similar already, it had Spanglish, it had, it was talking about our struggles, things that um, are very personal to me in my life, so when she hit me up to make the song, um, I was ready, I, I had the beat already, um, and then, so, we shot the video, um, maybe like a month after, we shot it in uh, Plaza Americas, which is um, uh, 
think it's in, I want to say Lilburn. It's like, yeah. Um, and we shot some stuff. I shot some of my stuff there. And then they went around and shot in different areas. And that's why you see the guy cooking the food in the restaurant. And then you see um, the kids skateboarding and uh, at the barbershop. So we were just, the, the, the basically the topic of the song was just to talk about how we're everywhere. Um, the song we also, are here. yeah, we are here, and it, and it was inspired also by um, DMX's "We Right Here" because um, I like that song, mm. um, and I just like the way he he sang that. So I was like, I want to make a song like that for us. So it sounds like he just you know just to show that we are present in every almost everywhere you go. There's nowhere you won't bump into us. Especially, it's important here in Georgia because. Um, Obviously, we live in a red state, in a Republican state, and there's like a lot of discrimination and there's a lot of racism. So people, you know, say things about like, oh, we need, you know, illegals and all this stuff without really realizing that we are the ones who are making your food. We're the ones who are, you know what I'm saying, like helping you out with construction jobs, doing your, your mm -hmm. roofing, the tile work. And, you know, as of now, I mean, we still do construction labor work, but, you know, in like 10 to 15 years, you're going to see more artists hopefully more people doing different, um, uh, just, um, in different areas of work. So, but that, that was the thing about the song is like, we wanted to make sure that they understood that our presence is here, like in Georgia. And, you know. Yeah. It was, it was really touching for me and I'm not like, I don't know. It just, it really touched me and it really spoke to me. Like, and I'm, I'm not a person like I do with my other business, like I do a lot of pop-ups. There's a mm. lot of people performing and usually me and my husband are sitting there like looking at each other like who who the fuck told this person? Oh, damn. Because <laughs> like, my husband is a retired music. He used to be a musician. He's not oh, anymore. And um, yeah. So like I see a lot of like bad stuff. So I just was re really moved by your whole performance with that song in particular. So I just feel like that's really pow like that's a really powerful message to send. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, I, it was a good experience. I, I really had a lot of fun. Um, this is the first time I had I had to write a song with another person kind of like telling me what they wanted. All the songs I write, they're just me, like in my room, just trying to come up with the best stuff. But when you have a, another person kind of looking over, not looking over you, but kind of like seeing the rough drafts and giving you like ideas of what they want, it was kind of fun to kind of like bounce off ideas and kind of trying to get like the best possible yeah. form. So. Yeah. So your creative process is like usually pretty solitary. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. It's, <laughs> it's a mess. Like I, um, I need to like be like completely alone. I, I need space. I actually don't like the door closed when I'm writing. I like to be, like, either in the living room or, like, I don't know. It's just something where, like, the energy needs to be flowing. You know, I can't have it be stagnant. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So what's next? Uh, right now, well, right now I have shows. I have a couple of shows coming up. I have um, uh, I have one in the September 3rd at, at the same place kind of where I did, uh, where you saw me at, at Underground Atlanta, and it's going to be for, it's an event called ATL Catacombs, and I'll be performing there with other artists as well, and then on the 4th, 
which is the, the day after, which is a Sunday, September 4th, I'm doing Boiler Room, which is going to be, oh, wow. yeah, with Choloteca, which is like a little collective community, and they do music, and it's, I'm excited for that, too. And then on the 10th, we're having a party for the Estamos Aquí, which is going to be at the amphitheater in the old fourth ward. Um, that's where they're doing it at, and it's going to be outside. So, yeah, we're doing a party there, but... Um, as far as my life shows and then the next thing for me like I'm just working on my album trying to finish it that's where all my tension has been gone gone going for like the last I want to say like a year and a half I've been just trying to make a a, a solid project because my last yeah. project Superhuman is the one I released and that was two years ago so I'm trying to release something this year hopefully what have you been listening to to like or do you listen to other artists to keep you... No, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're going to go back to what we just said. But I've been listening to, like I said, Voodoo is like my favorite album. So I just love that album because it, has, it just has so much soul in it. And that's kind of like, I feel like it's missing in like the Chicano Mexican rap. It's like to incorporate our soul. A lot of the stuff is, I don't know, it's, 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 it's cool, but it's, there's, I, I don't know. I feel like it's missing like talking about like, your mom's home cooking and going back to your country and seeing your grandparents. Like, it's just stuff like that that I, I wish more... I, maybe I'm not listening to a lot of artists, but I feel like the music I want to create now, I want it to be soulful, but without sampling soul music. I don't know if that makes sense, because I feel like it's like... No, a, I get it. It's like a cheap way of like, oh, I'm going to make the soulful song and I'm just make like, I'm going to, you know, put some soul music, some vocals here from an old record and... I'm a rap over it. And I don't want to do that. I want to, well, I don't know if I'm saying too much, but I just want to like make sure that the music itself and what I'm saying is enough. Yeah. It's, it's like its own thing. Cause soulful doesn't necessarily mean you're rapping on a fucking, I don't know, Otis Redding beat. It's exactly. Like, it's your soul. Like your, your experiences, your culture, you know, uh-huh. like you're expressing that. I don't, I don't, I haven't done the legwork, I'm going to be honest, other than, like, Cypress Hill. I've never, like, <laughs> yeah. I've never, like, listened to, um, like, a, like, a Chicano rap group. But, yeah. Uh, or rappers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I could, I could imagine that that might be missing. I don't know, like, why do you think that is? Um, I don't know, a lot of the stuff is very, like, you know, a lot of the West Coast stuff. Like it's a lot of, um, it's their it's their story, you know what I'm saying. So I can't, there's no, I, I will never judge another person's art. That's once one thing I, I kind of don't appreciate from other artists is when they talk bad about other artists because I, creatively, like if you have a problem with an artist, that's fine. But like if, to judge another person's music, that's their art. I can't, you know, I, I'm an artist, so I should be able to understand like whatever they create. It's their that's their outlet. That's the, the way they create it. But, um, yeah, like a lot of the stuff is just, it's mostly a lot of the street stuff, um, which is cool. I, I, I like listening to that stuff. I love Griselda and, like, you know, those type of rappers. And But um, all of it is very angry, always tough, Mr. Tough Guy type stuff. And I feel like we need a little bit more of, like, some... Sensitivity. Sensitivity and just introspect, like, some some insight into our mm-hmm. our culture and our lifestyles. And I don't know, um, yeah, like I said, like, the, 
the Voodoo album just sonically, I love it because it just it just it feels like one continuous experience. Yeah, it, you can't skip any songs. It's yeah. like if you skip, you feel like you've missed out. But have you listened to Brown Sugar, his first album? No, I haven't. It, that one's the same way. D'Angelo was like. So I'm like a D'Angelo fan because I've reached up. So I heard that when he did Brown Sugar, though, he did demos for Brown Sugar, and then he went to the studio to record him, and then he said that once he released it, he didn't have the same feeling as the demos. So when he recorded Voodoo, he rec- those are the those are like I guess the the sessions. Yeah. They're not necessarily transferred like from demos to professional recording. He wanted to keep mm-hmm. that demo feel on the album. That's why it, I don't know. It just sounds kind of like crisp. It sounds it's like old like school. It's like raw. It's yeah, like yeah. Marvin Gaye or Prince. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me a lot of a Marvin Gaye album or Prince album, yeah, but probably. you don't meet a lot of people our age that even know about that album. So that's why I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think the questions I had prepared were not about that album. <laughs> well, so, I mean, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Um, what is your dream concert lineup? And the reason that I asked this is because I recently saw. Um, my all-time favorite band, which is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be like, because I that was my second time seeing them. The last time I saw them, I was like right by the stage. Those tickets were like pretty expensive. So I was willing to pay that price again. But this time it was like, the last time I saw them, I paid like almost 500. This time it was like 5,000. And I was like, I'm not paying $5,000 to okay. see anyone unless it's like i made a list of people right so like if you if the tickets were five thousand dollars like what's a lineup that you feel is worth five oh god oh five thousand dollars for me to watch or for me to be a part of you can open you can open you can be a part of it if you want like i would just see me i mean um let's see (laughs) who would be a good oh man that's tough Dead or alive, or it's just anyone, anyone. You can say fucking Mozart. (laughs) Nah, I'm not Mozart. Uh, Nah, because I feel like if I do that, uh, I'm gonna take forever. Uh, Who would I like to see? See, but the thing is, like, I would have to think of what makes sense because I could just put a bunch of people. It doesn't have to make sense. Mine didn't make sense. I was like. I literally was like Jesus, Stevie Wonder. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I put Jesus in there. If I'm paying five thousand dollars, Jesus, Stevie Wonder, Chili Peppers, Erica Badu. I've always Jesus. dreamed about like um like a punk rock and a rap lineup, like yeah. kind of kind of like how Rage and Wu Tang did that in '97. Yeah. That that was that. I think that seeing that live. Wu Tang in '97, Rage Against the Machine in '97, and they're prime together in the same lineup. I would have, I would have just went crazy. You know, they're both performing again this year. No. No, Rage just just did a show. They just did Lollapalooza. Wu Tang's gonna be here in September, like in a couple of weeks. Oh man. Yeah. I don't I know. Could... Zach De La Rocha is just like really intense. I don't know if I can handle seeing them live. He didn't he get hurt though? I think he was doing a show and he got hurt. And I don't know. I don't I think that makes they, sense. 
But I, I was I went to Rock the Bells like in '07 or '06. Are you serious? Yeah, I was there, and I saw Wu Tang, and I saw Nas was there, and Immortal Technique was there. Um, there's this underground rap group called Jedi Mind Tricks that I used to like a lot. I still like them, but I haven't seen, um, I haven't heard their stuff recently. But they were there. I missed them. I didn't get to see them. But there was that lineup was crazy. I think Lauren Hill was there too. I can't remember, but it was like a big. You, you, what, you know what Rock the Bells? Yeah, I, I know what Rock. Okay, I don't know. I mean, because <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't make them anymore. They don't, they don't do. Rock yeah, the Bells. I know, but I, I know. I, I know. <laughs> Did you go to one? No, that's why uh, when you said you, uh, went, how old are you? I was like, I was like, I don't think it was two thousand six. It might have been a little bit. It was. Yeah, I might have been like 15, 16 at the time. Oh, so we're like basically the same age. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, like, I mean, I was still listening to that stuff then, but my parents weren't going to let me go to that kind of show when I was that age. Yeah. They were super strict. My parents don't know what the hell they're saying, so they're like, I don't care. <laughs> so, if you want to go, go. I'm like, all right. So, okay. Would Rage be part of the dream lineup? <laughs> I would definitely have rage. I would have. I would have rage. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna mix it up between between rock and, and soul music. I'll have rage, and then have like a little interlude with. Um, I've never seen Lauren Hill live. I would like to see her live. Is she gonna show up? <laughs> Let's say in a perfect world. <laughs> And the perfect, most perfect lineup, she's there on time. Okay. And so I would put Lauren. I would, I would want to see, uh, I want to see Nas live. See, both of them are really notorious for being bad late at their shows. But I would want to see Nas and, oh, distant relatives. I, I would say Damien and Nas together. Oh, my so, God, yes. Yeah, that would be fire. That would be Rage Against the Machine, Lauren Hill, distant relatives, which is, I'm, I'm putting them together, Nas and Damien. Um, this is a band from UK called Idols. I don't know if you heard of them. They are amazing. Idols, I want to see them live. Um, but they would be in there, and then I would close it with a, with a crazy... Oh, did I say Rage already? I did, right? Yeah. You I started would with them. Okay, you would so open want... with Rage? A lot of people uh, would leave after Rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So put them at the end. I'm just trying to think of one more. I need a one rap act, though. Uh... Griselda. Why not? I'll put Griselda. Okay. <laughs> you seem to say okay. You're like... You're like... <laughs> I'm trying to think of who, Because I would switch it. I would have Griselda open. Griselda open. Raging the Machine. No, no, clubs. yeah, definitely. Definitely, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't have Rage open. I would have Griselda open. <laughs> this is never happening, and we're having like a debate. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. This is the kind of stuff I, I think about. I think it, I think it annoys Kevin because it'll be like one a.m. and I'll be like, "Who's better, Aretha Franklin or?" Oh, I know who. I know who. I know who. I, I or know Led who Zeppelin, and he'll just look at me like. Go to sleep. Like, why are you talking I, to me about I forgot two people. Okay, this would have to be a festival because I'm just too many people. But okay. I would also put, and I've seen him live, so I, I, 
but I, I would put him in the lineup just because I love him. Mac DeMarco, you heard Mac DeMarco? Yeah. Mac DeMarco is in there, and then the other person that I would put as like a little experimental, well, not, yeah, I guess she would be York. I would like to see her live, too. Oh, you like Bjork. I'm just naming old people. Like No, like... Bjork to me is like I just I don't get it. Ugh. Like I don't get it. I saw a meme one time that was like uh Bjork be like and it was like this girl, she was like, If the chicken crossed the road <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. I just don't I think I think it's like you know when you look at like a painting and you're like, I don't know what's going on here, but I know it's good. Mm. Like that's mm. how I feel about Bjork. Like I don't, I don't get it, but I know it's good. Oh, I get. I, I think maybe her. I guess her tone of voice is weird. Yeah, because she hasn't. She has like she has written songs for Madonna on this album called mm. Bedtime Stories. And like mm. I love those songs, so I'm, I'm like maybe it is her voice. Yeah, or the fact that she's always assaulting people. She's always like punching photographers. Oh yeah, that stuff. photographer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't know her music. Just again, that's another artist where a lot of a lot of like these indie artists now kind of got inspiration from. So I don't know. I just like I like her music. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Army of Me. That sounds crazy. Good song. Uh, possibly, maybe is another one. Bachelorette is a crazy song. I don't know. I'm just naming. I know Army of Me. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah. I don't know. I'm always saying like I'm gonna get in New York. Then I listen to it. I'm just like, I don't get it. No, I feel. No, I mean, it's not for. I mean, if you're not feeling it, you don't feel it. Like, I, I just an artist that I definitely don't. I don't get it. But name one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine because I interviewed a singer years ago, and I was like, "It was when that King of R and B debate was going on, and I was like, who's the King of R and B?" And she's like, "I don't want to say." Uh, and I was like, "Okay." It was like a weird silence because I was like, "All right." <laughs> no, but that's fine. You can say who you think the King of R and B is. <laughs> she didn't want to. That's fine, because that's like a positive, that's like a good thing, like, oh yeah, but saying I don't get someone, and I don't know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, you already did it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. I wasn't trying to be Bjork, if you ever hear this, I, I love your work with Madonna, <laughs> but your other stuff, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. It's Again, I'm, it's it sounds, it's like sonically beautiful but i just don't get it i don't know how else to explain it mm. yeah I, if you listen to enough songs i bet you there's one song you'll like you'll be like oh, okay i like this i'm gonna <laughs> let's i'm gonna challenge myself there's a variety of good songs that she has they're, they're different that's one thing about it they're, they're different so she'd close the show uh no she'll be like a, no she'll be like a little inter, intermission because i like like the show to start out like i don't know because i i, I I used to put shows together when I had my like my friends, and I would be like, "Okay, this person needs to go here because they're more chill with their music." This person oh, type. yeah. So okay. you want you want when a person goes to a show, I personally feel like they should. It should be like a journey. It's almost like a movie. It's like okay, and there's like a big, a problematic situation, and it goes back down, and again there's another. So like with shows, 
I try to do the same thing. So you want the show to start out great. So you might want to put a little bit of hype in the beginning and then have somebody in the middle that kind of like either a singer, change the mood, and then bring it up again with another crazy artist or hyped artist. Yeah, I had a friend tell me that recently because he was like, he's he is like a rock musician and he was like, when he used to be in a band, he was like, you can't start off slow. Like, that <sighs> was his rule when they would tour. Like, he'd be like, you can't ever start off with your slow songs. Exactly. Because once you try to, like, build up, the audience is like, well, no, we were relaxing and now you're... Yeah. No, definitely. I do that, too. When I start my set, I try to make sure that I, I start out with something that will catch your attention. Because, you know, once... Nobody knows who you are, so they're like, if you don't start out with like super hyped or getting their attention, you'll lose them. They'll they'll not pay attention. But if you start out with something heavy hitting in the beginning, and it's like I don't know, they'll listen and they'll just they'll stick around, and then the next yeah. song is. But if your stuff is like if you, if one after another is always hype and hype and hype, the person's gonna be like, yo, I need a break. I need, I need, I need to disconnect <laughs> for a little bit. I definitely, that's how I felt when I saw you. Like, it was, like, immediately, like, a whoa, like, okay. Like, he's saying something. It's not just, like, he has something to say. But my feelings about, like, I've, I'm intimidated to see Rage live because I feel like it would just be, like, really intense. And I would just be, like, like what's 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 your, Can I ask you what's your favorite Rage song? Maria, do you know that song? Oh, is that the one on the? Is that the cover album they did? That the no, Renegade? that's the album. I think it's called the Battle of Los Angeles. Battle of Los Angeles. That's the last album. Like on the cover, there's somebody like this. It's like a yeah, sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I like Maria on the cover album they did. I like the version of Microphone Fiend mm. um, that they yeah. did from Eric B and Rakim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yours. Know. That's tough. Um, um, I would probably say "Wake Up." Yeah, I like that one too. That 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 song is just crazy. It is nuts the way it starts. Tom Morello. I like too. "Testify" too. Tom Morello is one of the goats. He's crazy. The way he, he DJ, he DJ scratches his guitar. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the way to do that. Mm-mm. But um, yeah. Yeah, wake up and uh, testify. You go sleep now in the fire. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you got us. Your music reminds me a lot of the song Maria. I gotta listen to that now. I'll I send it to you. I I'll send it to you. But yeah, um, let's see. I don't really have any more questions. Like, where can the people find you? Like, uh, on the block. Because the last time I interviewed a rapper and was like, where can the people find you? He was like... Oh, yeah. What are you going to name? So, so Rapper Hands is taken? Because I... Rapper Hands was... <laughs> I was hoping... Because my friends, all they joke. They're constantly roasting me about Rapper Hands. They're like, yeah, you, your, your rap hands were like immaculate this performance. But they're like busting, obviously. Oh, like just, rapping hands. Like yeah. This. Yeah. Because I do I oh. doing this a lot. No, that was because my friend Tyler, because I was like, I'm not a rap. I, I am a writer. Like, I write prose. Like, like I write, like, stories. 
But all oh. my friend Tyler was like, you have rapper hands. Like, if he wanted to, you could write. He wasn't talking about, like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, you do look... You do have, Yeah, like, yeah, I've been, I've been doing hands. this a lot. But, um, y'all, uh, Spotify, I got a YouTube, um, Victor Mariachi is my handle. That's on every, on Twitter, um, Instagram, um, Spotify, Apple Music. And, yeah, I just released Samosaki, which is my latest... Um, music video that I did with um, which is dope Samantha. by the way oh thank you and then also On the Roof which is another song that I released um, that I record that I video that I just did in, um, in May uh, but yeah you can find me Victor Mariachi on everything uh, I do I do TikTok sometimes I know it's horrible but I use it for promotion I have to you gotta you gotta use the TikTok they, they're good they you help have you. to it's just, it's fucking I didn't want to do video. Me, me neither. But they're like, you got to do video if oh, you want for it. This. If you want it, your podcast to be a thing. My engineer just gestured towards himself. I think he wants the credit. Okay, Steven, it was you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's like, say my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. giving Destiny's Child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> So your TikTok is Victor Mariachi too. Victor Mariachi as well, yeah. Okay, is your real name Victor? Yes. Okay. Obviously, your last name's not Mariachi. No, and that's kind of. I'm surprised you say that because even people who are Latino or Hispanic they tell me, "Is Mariachi your real last name?" Why would that they, be someone's last name? That's a genre. Of music. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they really think that's my last name. I'm like. No, you should know better. You... <laughs> yeah, no, like no. Yeah, nah, no. It's not. no. You don't have to share your last name here if you don't want nah, to. I, I probably won't. <laughs> it's fine. It's my alias, Victor Mariachi. So, and yeah. we can always, I can always title this too, like Rapper Hands Part Two. No, no, you don't. No, no, that's theirs. I want, I want my own title. <laughs> I want my own title now. Okay, bet. Okay, yeah. so you told us where to find you. We've gone on a journey. Is there any mental health advice you want to give people? Oh, man, that's a heavy question to close out with. I know, right? Mental health. Oh. I've got to think about this for a second. Just, um, I think, well, it just depends because everybody's going through their own. I think... Also, COVID kind of, like, intensified everything, like, the lockdown. Um, But I find that, um, for me personally, I can only talk about my experience. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was young, um, I I did go to therapy. Like, I had to go to therapy. I think my high school told my parents, like, your child is depressed. You need to go to therapy. (laughs) Well, my parents, oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So my, my, but my, my family, we don't, you know. You don't believe in therapy. No, it's not that they don't believe in it, but it's just, to us, it's like, what are you depressed about? You know, we came from another country. You have all the opportunities here. You should be happy, you know? Yeah. My dad used to literally flip the light switch. Like, I'd be like, I'm depressed. He'd be like, flip the light switch. Like, but you got electricity. You got running water. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? Does that have to do with anything? My brain's not producing the happy chemicals yeah i think um for me like so going to therapy was a big first step i think you need to do that just because 
you need to um, kind of empty out everything that you have mentally mm-hmm. that might be bothering you. It's just good to just not hold that, all that stuff in and, and, and find someone that you feel comfortable to share what bothers you, the things that upset you. Once you get to that point, I feel like a person should develop tools within themselves to be self-sufficient because at the end of the day, like, you could talk to your friends, you could find exterior um, ways of kind of coping with whatever's bothering you, but at the same time, it's like there's going to be times when you're going to be by yourself, you know what I'm saying? And, and you got to be able to create, I want to say create happiness, but create a, a sense of, 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 of peacefulness and just being like, okay, mm-hmm. things are not that bad. And you you got to have a center almost. Like, you have to be like, whatever's happening in my life right now is momentarily. you got to remember that. Like, everything is just, life is, there's going to be ups and downs, and I have to hold on to the ride. Like, it's like, you know, a roller coaster. Like, you see the fucking, oh, like, we're about to go up, and we got to go down, and you you feel it coming. But, like, but if you wait and just let it happen, you, you're good. So I would say that. And then I started, like, exercising just a little bit just so I wasn't stagnant and not, like, in my own, um, I guess. Because I'm, I'm an overthinker. I think a lot. So, and that could be a bad thing. Cause, All creative people are. Yeah, so I, I needed something to kind of, like, not think about anything for a minute, just work out and just do that, come back, re-energize. And so I would say just look for what helps you try to, um, Intuitively, I feel like we all have something that guides us. Like, I need to do this more. I need to go out to the sun. I need to, you know, talk to someone. I need to, I need to, not talk to someone for a minute and just be by myself. So, and I don't know. I don't know if that answers the question because it, no, I, it totally does. Yeah, it totally does. Because for me, like my thing is just like watching something really stupid. Like if I watch Wayne's World or Clueless or Friday. Like I'll feel better. I'll feel oh. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like yeah. that's a big thing for me too. Is just like watching something dumb that takes me out of my head. Cause locking in to like write a book, and like even like some some of my interviews get really deep and really personal, and I <sighs> will like take on shit shit that's not. Necess- I hope you don't mind my cursing, but um, take on things that aren't necessarily mine, and I'll like walk away feeling like oh my god like mm. yeah. and it's like a terrible feeling when I'm dealing with my own stuff so my one of my biggest coping tools is just being stupid like just being stupid or just having fun with this, you know? yeah I guess that's a better way to say it <laughs> like <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. I think it's also being conscious that um just being conscious or, or just aware that that's, this is how life is. Like, some, I know, yeah. like, this, this this certain thing, like, it's going to be okay, like, no matter what, like, I'm going to be fine. I just have to, like, you know, that's the thing, like, when you're a kid in high school, like, you don't have that, uh, the ability to be like, I'm going to be able to look at this later and be like, that was... And be like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because you're not, uh, one of my closest friends uses this expression, it's like, you're not done cooking yet. Like, literally, you're not done cooking. So it's things that happen at that time. Or even past being a teenager, it's like, even it's like um, putting things into perspective 
and being like, this is not the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world. Right. For me, a lot of times I have to get to the root of things. For example, today, like, it's like, I was like, oh my God, the set is falling apart. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, oh my God. But it's like, we got it done. It's just, am yeah. I patient? And I think a lot of it too, it's come, like, you have to be in the present moment. Like, try to be mm-hmm. aware because, uh, one quick example, like, when I do a show, like, for instance, that show I did when you, where you were there, the, the mic and stuff was not really working that well. And before, I would have been, like, devastated after, like, a show like that. I would have been like, oh, my God, like, that was horrible. And I would think about it, and I would be, I would really get, I would get down. I'm talking about, like, I would be, like, like almost depressed, like, on the bed. Like, damn, because to me, music means, my music means so much to me. So if I have a bad show, but what helped me was kind of to, like, it already passed. There's no need for you to go and relive it mentally and torture yourself. And I think a lot of it has to do with us constantly torturing ourselves with what happened, what could have been, what's coming. And it's like all all that anxiety comes from, um, that's where anxiety comes from. It's from the things that you think are going to happen that haven't happened yet. And it it crushes us. It it kind of, it it immobilizes you. You you feel stuck. That's what I was going to say. It's like it almost... I, I talked about this on my last episode, streaming everywhere. Um, like it almost like paralyzes you because yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah. I've been in t- situations where I'm like, but what if? I mean, I did it, and we were preparing for this. I was like, but what if it happens to where he can't? It says the file is too big and he can't send it. But it's like I have to remind myself all the time to like center myself. Um, I used to, I've fallen out of this habit, but this is like good advice. No one gave this to me. Shout out to me. It's not, I didn't reinvent the wheel. It's not like super original, but I used to every day list 10 things that I was grateful for. Mm, That's very important. That's a good one. And that would help me a lot. I have, I have this bracelet I never take off. This is gratitude, but um, I used to do that every single day. And sometimes it would be like, I would just, all I could say was, I'm alive. I have a car. I have a cell phone that's on. Like sometimes it would be like, you know, I didn't have a whole lot in that time that I could see. But just doing that allowed me to like take myself out of my head. Um, But yeah, so... Yeah, like you've plugged everything. We've unpacked. Yeah. Your homework is to listen to Maria by Raging Against the Machine. And yours is to listen to yours. Okay. And I, I'm going to send you Maria. You got to send me Bjork. All right. Um, I close out every show with stay on top of your mental health and don't take any wooden nickels. This is the first video episode we've ever done. I was so fucking scared. But I have my husband. My videographer Jordan, my, my engineer Steven, and oh, then amazing. and me. Thank you. <laughs> You're amazing. You Y'all are, are amazing. you are a a messenger. I feel I'm not even joking. I feel like you have like a really important message, and that's why like I I'm truly honored that you shared this time with me. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. It's yeah. Fun. It was a fucking mess at the beginning, but we figured it out. <laughs> we got it, though. Yeah. Smooth landing. All right.
Estamos aquí. Estamos aquí. Out now. <laughs> okay. <laughs>